Hey, Adam, what's up? Do you like questions? I like answers more. You do? Yeah. Well, let's do a little question and answer. Question, answer. Q-A, Q-A. Bam. Three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Adam And I'm Peter Martin. <laughs> and you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you here. It's Friday. Jazz advice and a flat that just won't quit and this is this thing has been ringing all week we're excited to be here because this is our final episode on our first ever youtube live you missed it if you're listening to the podcast but if you're with us um now that's great and we're gonna do some more if people like it people seem to like it right i think they're i think they're digging it yeah future podcast listeners are like what are you talking about i don't understand <laughs> mind blown but that's okay all right let's get right to the question so we've been doing this youtube Wait, let's live. just talk about why we're getting right why, why are we rushing so much why don't you let the people I'm, know i'm good <laughs> Okay, let's just relax and chill. A little chill time. No, Adam actually has somewhere to go. So we're going to deliver great content quickly. We got to do this with no edits. That's that's a little that's bit key. of key. Okay, but that's that's a given. No, what are we talking about? No, we don't today, have to rush know. through anything. I'm I'm okay, good to go. Good. good. What are we What are we talking about? We're talking about cute questions and answers. Oh, that's here. right. So we we've been on YouTube Live all day recording these. If you're uh, listening to this on the podcast, this is next Friday. Yeah. We the week before had a YouTube Live that you missed probably. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that. You're bad. Okay. Um, but uh, we took questions all day in in the YouTube chat section, and so we're gonna do our best to answer as many of these as honestly as we can. And uh, let's start right with the first one from Jesse Reeks. What's each of your favorite impression to do of a jazz community member? I know yours. Well, yeah, I was just. I mean, say, it's so. This is the great, the great, the legend of uh, my my friend and uh, someone I look up to a lot, the wonderful Lou Donaldson. And um, have we ever done this? Have I ever done this in an actual episode where I, I'm so like I, I look up to him so much. I'm a little afraid to do. I do it a lot off camera. Andrew, has he ever done this? Yeah, I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> Andrew's like, oh Andrew? yes. Wait, yeah. what, what you what, what you know about bebop or the blues? I never heard you play either one of them. <laughs> I mean, Lou Donaldson is such a legend. I hate. It sounds like I'm mocking him. No, but it's, it's, all, it's a all lot love. of love. It's yeah. all love. Yeah. But he's just he's one of the wittiest. We should do an all star witty. Oh, maybe we did it. I think we did do it. Oh yeah, yeah, Cameron. You think I can't remember because I'm old? I've been playing rings around you since you was a little boy, though. But Lou says all these great things. If you ever get a chance, I mean, he does it on stage. Um, you know, he's older now, but he's as witty and as sharp as he's ever been. Even more so, a lifetime of just musical knowledge. I mean, he's a genius at, yeah. with the saxophone, which is it's easy to forget yeah. because he's so funny and he's so witty. Alligator and, boogaloo. Yeah, I mean, he just he said a bunch of stuff. One of them was, I remember he was talking about a certain young saxophonist that I won't mention their name because they're actually really good. He loves cracking on great people. Yeah, Betty yeah, Carter, yeah. Cecil Taylor, you know. But he was talking about this young saxophone player. He's like, yeah, I heard such and such down at the Vanguard. I told Lorraine it. It sounded pretty good, but if you really want to make some money, I mean, it was packed in there, but I said, let people in for free, lock the door, and then as soon as he plays, make them pay to get out. <laughs> <laughs> that's like classic Lou Donaldson, you know, so I love, I love Lou, and that's, I, that's I, my favorite impression. I have a visual one, which isn't great for our audio listeners, but for the YouTube folks. I'll is, describe it. It's my Brad Meldow. Oh. Oh, 
so serious and introspective. I just get a little. Adam's, Adam's getting the vibe going. I, Let me I, describe what's going on right now. I turn my head and he then I close my head, eyes. Yeah. I pout my lips a little bit. Yeah. And this is also out of love because when he does that, I, I get know. amped up. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like Brad Mallet, if you were to take away what the sound of what he's playing, he would have this pompous look of self-importance and self-adulation that is would be so off-putting. But when you hear the beautiful sounds coming out of the piano, it matches so beautifully that it, that it's all good, right? Oh, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. So good. It's part, of, it's part of the show for me. Part of the show. Okay, cool. so uh, next is from Paolo, and Paolo asks a question for Peter and Adam. Wait, what, you skipping one? Oh, wait, no, I did. Uh, <laughs> from Potato in Despair, which is a great <laughs> username. Uh, what are your favorite genre? What are your favorite genres of ice cream? Ooh, now that's an interesting question. It's not flavors. They ask genres. A genre, yeah. Well, they, I, I feel like they're trying to kind of cross pollinate into jazz and music, which I appreciate, yeah. which will enable us to have authority when we talk about this, right? I mean, if we're if we're if I'm not talking flavor and I'm talking genre of ice cream, I'm going all day long. Ted Drew's frozen custard, uh, concrete. Not an ice cream though. And it's, not a it, genre. I would put it in. The, I would put it in the ice cream it's genre. It's a frozen custard. You it said is, it yourself. It's ice cream with eggs, but it is delicious. It is a it genre is unto itself. And which one did you say? Uh, chocolate chip concrete. I mean, for flavor, it's Oreo all day. Oh, Oreo's good. All yeah. Day, the peanut butter. The 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 Reese's. Is, I mean, we grew up on that stuff, which no, explains a nope, lot of our... none of that. It's the Oreo. Okay. All day. Wow. Every day. So dogmatic. <laughs> so dogmatic. Yeah. Okay. Well, they did ask each of us. So for, um, my fa- I'm kind of obsessed right now with the salty caramel. Or Carmel, depending on where you're from, um, at Jenny's. Are you familiar with Jenny's? I do enjoy some Jenny's. Andrew, do you know yeah. about Jenny's? You do like sugar, I've noticed. So you might want to get with Jenny's. <laughs> it's in the West. Well, it's it's there. It's from Columbus, Ohio, and I guess it's a chain, but it's incredible. They have it here on Euclid in the Central West End, and Jenny's salty caramel obsessed, totally overpriced and over the over deliver. Okay, um, can we move on to the next question? Yeah, we can. Okay, this is from Paolo. Which I believe is Italian for Peter. No, no, it's Italian for Paul. Rachel Morgan left her phone in the pod cave. Ooh, way, ooh let's see what kind of text message. It's Friday. She might be getting some, what up, girl? What you doing tonight? Okay. Um, anyway, Paolo says, question for Peter and Adam. How do you move from good non-pro jazz pianist to decent pro? Hmm. I think it's you have to watch a lot of TV. <laughs> right. And uh, go for some long walks. Go for some long walks on the beach. Yeah. Preferably listen to Kenny G on your iPad. Yep, yeah, yep, yep, yep. No, so good non-pro to decent pro. I actually think that the non non-pro to pro is really like there's some non-decent pro players we know that's more of like a market thing like if you're in an area that doesn't have a lot of good players you could become pro not really being that decent it's also your comfort level with being you know not having a lot of money too yeah you can anybody can just be like i'm going pro yeah you know and that's and try to make a go of it it's so different than like basketball could you imagine i'm just like yeah i'm going pro yeah i mean it's going to be a little harder to be able for me to monetize my basketball skills even though i feel like there's some pianists out here that are pros that are about as good at basketball as piano as I am at basketball agreed so maybe it's a little more competitive but the thing about it is I think professional doesn't that just mean that you are being paid to do what you do I think a a part of it is like how seriously you treat it of course we're always trying to get better but that you don't turn a corner one day and become pro level but I think as soon as you put on the hat of, of, of a professional and say, look, I'm going to really treat this like a professional. Like a Whether job. I'm being, like a job. Yeah. And not like a, oh, this is a job. But like, wow, I'm going to really take pride in this and, and, and try to fulfill my promise with this. Yeah. Then I think that you can make that turn pretty quickly, actually. Yeah, I mean, and there are a bunch of little things you can do under that. But I think that's a great tent 
post for that. I mean, yeah. you have to start uh, with a regular practice routine and practice things that you're not good at. Those are two huge things that yeah. can get you to because what I'm what I'm guessing Paolo means is how do I get good? Yeah, you know? and and all of those things. But really, it's how serious are you willing to treat it? Serious. Yeah. That's that's the trick. Is serious. It's not the level. If you're doing the things that we talk about and practice routines and listening and all those great things, you're gonna continually get better. I mean, continually. There's the ups and peaks and valleys, but you're gonna improve as a player. But the idea of like a professional is a mindset. I think more than anything, it's not a level. Um, so like we've both done things that from teaching to, you know, working in business to doing whatever in which I think we've tried to become and have become professional. Mm. And part of that is just deciding I'm going to treat this like it's a job, even if it's a side hustle or whatever, like a great Uber driver. They don't have to be a, a trained chauffeur, but if they treat it seriously, instead of just like getting the back of my junkie car. Right. Agreed. Okay. All right. Next question is from uh, riddle reader. <laughs> That's a great name, too. Yeah. Uh, looking for tips for playing over chromatic descending turnaround, uh, e.g. C7, E flat 7, D minor 7, D flat 7 at the end of the form of a jazz blues in a way that doesn't sound contrived, kind yeah. forced. Uh, that's Ed. Thanks for the question, Ed. Yeah. And that's, a, that's a good question. That could be a challenging turnaround if you're not uh, sure what to do. Yeah. I mean, without a time today to go on a deep dive on this, I would say the number one thing you can do to not sound contrived in those kind of situations is to find phrases that stretch over yeah. the chords. So long, and they don't even necessarily have to be longer phrases, depending on how quickly you're going through. But the idea is a phrase that it does not. I mean, it's amazing how many like when people get facility, like harmonic and melodic facility, and start to link those up and understand how these complicated, complicated chords, whatever chords work, how much they start to feel like they have to fit into those. Mm -hmm. Because well, now I know the chords, so I'm gonna play something. I'm gonna play a phrase over these chords. All and scale arpeggio. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah. every note has to exactly match. And I always say a great example of that is Donnelly. Like right. if you know the chords to Donnelly and the melody, the melody does not precisely line up with what no. the chord it stretches over and stuff. And so don't get boxed in. Don't do not be a you know a boxy kind of player. Don't be play, as dogmatic as Peter is with ice cream genres as <laughs> you as you are with exactly. scales and chord changes. Play over the bar lines is basically what well, it is. I was gonna say, I mean, if you're playing this this uh, uh cadence here, C seven, E flat seven, D minor seven d flat seven at the end of a jazz blues i'm going straight blues scale there every time man i'm well, you, i'm you know laying it down fit. yeah lean into the blue scale and the chromatic this might be a fun maybe we'll do an at the piano one for the oh, premium that, that yeah, could yeah. be just because demonstrating these will will we'll get to it but thank you for the question ed good stuff now one from uh old buddy joe mascara what's up joe uh joe, in the house that's right joe writes i'm curious about the history Gulf of coast os locations oil wall with jazz photo art where can i get it yeah. And Brown Steinway, I think I know what Joe's talking about here. Cinderblock current. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Oh, I so wow, that's wall with album art and Brown Steinway. I think that is our old offices upstairs. Yeah. With the Well, no, but this is the photo art. No, oh, no, I think he's talking about the what we have now by the right, ping pong right. area, which Dan is Dan Martin designed that Yeah, actually. that's all custom, Joe. That's Dan, custom. who's uh right now in tuning in probably from somewhere on Tel Aviv. A, on a, oh, he's in Tel Aviv. Yeah. I'm super envious. Yeah. Um Dan did all that. Basically, it was all his like out of his brains yep uh and that was in our we had a, a smaller office than what we have now up on the third floor of the building we're in now and that's peter's piano that was in there the brownstein yes. way for right. a few years a couple of years that's in my house now it's in your house it's, now, house. Where it's a it nice little be. s yeah. nice little steinway s uh and then the cinder block i'm thinking that's cic the big room oh yeah yeah, well, yeah fun fact on that you know what that room is now it doesn't look like that that was a cool room that was a really that was cool the room. original when we became open studio yeah. some borrowed was some lent space from yeah. 
uh, yeah, great kind of uh, startup community here called CIC. The incubator. Incubator. But it, now it is Microsoft offices, and they've sectioned it off, and there's walls. They, they were in that whole space. It was that just was, an unfinished space that was going to be a restaurant. It was a raw space for a couple of years, and they let us, graciously let us have, I mean, we were there for months and months and months. Almost, yeah, I want to say six or nine uh, months. The, our offices weren't there. Our offices were in a five-by-five five <laughs> coffin. We paid for the office, yeah. but we got this huge space. Uh, but the best part about that space wasn't even the space. No. It was the piano. The piano. We had a beautiful space. Steinway nine foot that we had a chance to buy for open studio. We didn't have any money was the problem, but uh, that's a nice piano. That's still lurking around St. Louis. And that is a nice D like there's all Steinway D's are really, really great, but that was particularly good. That was a lot of fun. And we did, if you see like rhythm section fundamentals that was filmed in there, Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. Good, good open sound in there. Totally. Okay. Next. Good eye, Joe. Yeah. Good. Good eye, Joe. Yeah. Um, from Ian. Yep. Ian Dodds. One of my favorite names. My first son is named Ian. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you knew this. That's the Scottish form of the word John, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, you don't seem interested. That's fine. I'm really not. Okay. um, You want to read this one? Yeah. Wondered about the type and quality of pianos Monk and Winton Kelly played in the Blackhawk live in San Francisco. (laughs) Minton's back in the day. Surely they weren't all well-prepped Steinways. No. Um, I'm thinking almost none of them. Although I have to remember, like the Blackhawk... Those records, I'm thinking, I guess he's talking about like the um, Miles Davis Live at the Blackhawk Friday and Saturday night. I remember the piano sounding pretty good there. Um, so, although these guys are like notorious for making bad pianos sound good. But also, you know, I think they might have, this is, this is going to be a difficult conversation, yeah. but I think our culture, on our piano culture, has certainly shifted since that time. Yes. In that, you know, they didn't really have... Uh, music in a venue or a restaurant unless it was live music and there was a whole industry and a a whole whole um, profession of professional piano tuners that has now been greatly shrunk I mean that was like a a legit profession you could go in a trade that you can go in right and I think it was just considered more part of I've heard it was considered just more part of it that you had a piano yeah and then that it was you know Kept up in the same way that if you have a venue and you have a sound system, yeah. you don't have like, you know, a, a, a subwoofer that's been cracked or whatever and you yeah, just yeah, let yeah. it go. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. So I'm wondering if there wasn't more care taken back in the day. It, yeah, it could be because it's always like, what, you know, what a balance is, especially depending on the age of the instrument between just the quality of the instrument versus the upkeep of it. Um, and like now you I mean, there's great sound um, piano technicians all around the world. Um, there just certainly is less, but there's all, I, what I always hear from them is like, they don't have the time with these instruments. They're like, they can only afford to have us tune. They're like, I, I'm always hearing t- tuners, technicians saying, I oh, mean, if I could only have like eight hours to pull the action out and really work on this thing, I could be, I could really do something with it. So yeah, if that was being done more, um, you know, in general, that would certainly help because that, I mean, a pia- yeah, you can't turn a piano into something that it's not but i think it's more common now you can feel it to, to play on instruments where you're like Oof. i mean we, we did some stuff recently where like such an amazing instrument but it's just so many little adjustments would be great but this is also a reminder i, I kind of took this also to mean like let's stop complaining so much it's like because monk especially i'm trying to think winton kelly doesn't it doesn't pop into my mind but monk there's several recordings where you can just tell the piano was crap yeah and he makes it sound so good like he just works through it in a way yeah i mean yeah the piano still sounds as it is but you you can just feel it he's not being deterred you know so it's like i always take that as as i'm as as a thing it's like well if monk 
tolerated this. I'm not going to get so uppity about a piano and be like, I can't play this or whatever. You know? All right, let's do, uh, we have time for probably two more questions, okay. I'm thinking. So let's go right into a question from Charles. Charles asks, okay, so I'm a horn player and I've signed up for one course. Would the premium membership benefit me too, or is it pretty much geared toward piano players? I think Charles means you'll hear it premium. Right, you'll hear premium. Um, which you'll hear premium, they're, they're, full disclosure, Charles, there will be some piano-specific things because we have so many pianists here, but yeah. there will also be a lot of just general improvisation, yeah. you know, all, uh, not to mention the archives and all the other sure. stuff sure. that goes along with it. Yeah, and I think that, um, I mean, the all-access pass is the way to go if you want to cover every, because then Definitely. it's got all instruments. It's still a lot of piano, but a lot of other things. I mean, considering that it's like, for the you'll hear at premium, it's not that much more per month for the all access pass, right? And it's like everything we've ever done. It's a great yeah. value. Yeah, and you can always, you know, we'll always switch you around as needed. We're very flexible. For sure, let us know. We'll do Charles. anything. Yeah, we'll yeah. do anything. <laughs> all right, last question. Okay, uh, Thelonious Chunk, you cracked me up. Did you say that? No, that's the ice cream genre. That's good. No. All right, last question is from Saad, and Saad asks, Peter, can you name any must-study jazz books, especially for an advanced beginner? I'm not sure what advanced beginner means, but maybe he means intermediate. Okay. Um, I have an idea on this. A, a book? Well, it's close to home. Oh, would that be uh, Elements of Jazz Piano? We Saad, have a workbook. Check out Elements of Jazz Piano. Rachel, could you could you link to Elements of Jazz Piano here in the chat? Could you bring us a copy of that to show? Would uh, that be possible? Yeah. Are we getting too live? So, Saad, we've made this intermediate jazz piano course yeah. that is uh, geared towards people who want to get from like beginner into like being able to play some yeah. gigs and, and play with other people. And it's been really, really popular because of how structured it is and there's yeah. play-alongs and there's practice routines and it's really, really good. Yeah. So I would Thank recommend you. Elements of Jazz Piano. We'll link here in the chat. There's the book that a company is. This is a is. great workbook too. I mean, yeah. the, the, the videos and everything, even this on its own will take you far. And I think um, a fun thing about this course is I looked at it recently as we were moving some things over and I realized as, yeah, as, and we label it intermediate and it is, but I was like, man, there's stuff in here that I would really, at my level, would, would value from practicing at this point. There, there's a lot of flexibility in there. So it's not, um, I mean, it's doable by almost anyone, but there's a lot of things in here that we talked about yeah. that are really valuable for people at every level. So I think that would be a good one. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for the Q&A. This has been super, super fun to do this live. We're going to do another one of these. This is really successful. We box it ourselves is, in, man. We're yeah. too good at everything. We have to keep doing it. I just, It's just uh, so self-aware. There's something about it that feels like uh, very comfortable. Well, I love that it's like today, but it's also next week. Like <laughs> we're, we're, we're covering two different things. We're in the future. We're in the past. We're in the present. Next week, we can just take off because we've already done our work, buddy. <laughs> and until then. You'll hear it. 